Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the CFL Podcast, Season 2, Episode 15. Today, we're talking about CrossFit Affiliate Model. What does that look like? Is it a licensing or is it a franchise? And then after that, I address an article Emily Beers wrote, Five Ways That CrossFit May Never Get Fixed. I go through and I address each one of those and lend my opinion on it. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. So every now and then I wanted to throw in an episode about uh, affiliate ownership. Um, what about the CrossFit ownership side of it? What's it like to run and own a CrossFit affiliate? And um, and kind of share my experience with it. I've been uh, doing that now for about seven years. And um, you always have to stop and think because time goes by so fast these days. But seven years. And uh, so this episode will kick off. I want to just give some brief general um, information about what it is, what the CrossFit quote unquote business model is. And then I'm going to go into this fun little piece. As Grace says, I'd like to get sassy, get a little chip on my shoulder from time to time. And I just get I just get fired up at sometimes uh, the way people kind of like view things. And um, so we'll first explain kind of what the business model of CrossFit is. And then we'll go into these five uh, questions that were was written by a former CrossFit HQ employee, Emily Beers, um, during the CrossFit 10-year affiliate summit. Greg Glassman brought uh, all the 10-year affiliates at that time out to Whistler out in Canada and had a big gathering there, and they went over some stuff, um, you know, about what CrossFit's doing, what, you know, just had a big networking thing, a conference, if you will, and uh, apparently she was a little upset because there was an article that she wrote uh, following that that was like five ways, let me read the actual uh, headline of the article here, hold on, give me a second, pull it up. It was uh, five ways that CrossFit may never get fixed. So first we'll go into the basic basic uh, understanding of what the CrossFit um, affiliate model is. Uh, That way you guys have that context. And then we'll go through and have some fun and kind of answer the questions. All right. So first off, to understand this, a lot of people and one of the questions I get all the time is, or one of the things that's maybe not asked, but people just think is that CrossFit is a franchise. And that is not the case. It's a licensing. And so the difference between the two is a franchise is, think about it from top down. The franchise controls everything from where you put your business to how you price your things. They give you one big manual that tells you exactly how to clean the floors, exactly how to do everything in there, charge people for the products. I mean, the whole can and caboodle. It's ready to rock. Okay. And everything is done and controlled by them as far as marketing goes, brand, everything. Now, when you get a licensing, you don't get any of that. There's nothing that goes into it. You get the licensing agreement and then you get the use of the intellectual property for that product. So in this case, CrossFit, I get to advertise that at the location uh, that is in my licensing agreement that I get to advertise CrossFit for the purpose of doing CrossFit in my gym. Now that's it. When you sign up, like when you when you become when you go buy yourself a franchise, which costs a hell of a lot more than a licensing fee does. But when you go buy yourself a franchise, right? They're like, great, we're gonna come out, we're gonna get you your site, you're gonna go through all this extensive how to run the business training, we're gonna give you all your manuals, we're gonna tell you how to interview your employees, we're gonna do blah 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 blah, and they give you all of that, right? When you get your licensing fee by CrossFit, that's it. You sign the agreement, and then you get the right to use the name. That is all. So everything else is completely left up to that affiliate owner on what to do, which can be a good 
and a bad thing. And we're going to use this article to also have some comparison because I think that um, with the with the five ways that CrossFit may never get fixed article, I think that it it draws some it uh, draws some really good understanding into some insight as to what people may be thinking about CrossFit uh, as when they sign up for an affiliate um, versus like where the direction of the new affiliates are going and also may address some common questions that you guys think of that most people have for me as a business owner. Um, so we're going to go ahead and go through these real quick. And I'm not going to read too, like I'm not going to read the article verbatim, but I will link it in the show notes. So if you guys want to go check it out, but I want you to keep in mind just that conversation that we had about the franchise versus the licensing fee. So remember, we are not a franchise. We are a licensing fee, a licensing. You sign the paper, you did it, you're ready to rock, boom, you're set. Now, of course, you do have to have your L1. So you have to have an understanding of CrossFit. You had to have pass the test, take the, take the course. Um, and then you're uh, eligible to apply for the licensing fee. And there's some other things that they have you do there as well, too. But essentially, your L1 is what you need. And then, and then you can apply for your licensing um, for your affiliate ship. So before we break into the article, I want to uh, start the conversation by just saying, like, I don't know Emily Beers at all, and I have absolutely nothing against her. I'm just using this article as a point of reference because um, Armin, I forget the guy on YouTube, Armin, I forget what his YouTube name is, but his name is Armin, Armin Hammer TV, uh, there you go, did like a, he talked about this article, and he kind of broke it down from his opinion there too uh, as well. This was a while ago, so this is a little bit uh, older, older in, you know, our fast-moving world, but probably about six months ago or so. And um, yeah, I have nothing against Emily Beers. Uh, She used to work for CrossFit and she even starts the thing by saying, you know, she's super appreciative of what CrossFit and what Greg have personally done for her and everything else. So that's all good. I just want to use this here as, because these questions that she brings up, or not the questions, but the, the five things that she brings the call here are also like pretty much the five questions I get as a business owner is like, are people, are you concerned with, right? So we'll start to go through these here. And the first one is client retention. Now, uh, in the article here, she mentions that like, you know, a lot of people are saying like, hey, what if they've had a negative opinion of the CrossFit brand because there used to be a lot of media spotlight on competitors? Like, how do we get some of those people back? Or how do we get people back that um, maybe tried CrossFit at another gym where the standard of coaching wasn't that high and they didn't think it was for them. And then the other part of it is she's saying, you know, why are 10 year plus affiliates still having to do marketing campaigns to bring people in the doors and all these stuff? Well, I, that, that's like, it's, it's laughable if you think about it, right? Like, to, to address the, the, the one I just mentioned about the marketing, like Coca Cola still does marketing all the time. And that's a huge worldwide global brand that's been around for forever, and they still do mass media marketing campaigns. And that's because you're always trying to have to bring in the newer crowd to it, not the early first adopters, but that second wave of people and that third wave and then the younger generation. Um, so marketing, especially with the business, is always got to go on. It's always got it, it has to come. It has to happen all the time. So that's just kind of silly in the first place. And then the other part about like retaining the clients for that long and stuff, again, we're keeping in mind the franchise versus the licensing model. She put in this, uh, pair, um, in the article here, she put kind of a paraphrased version of, of Greg Glassman's actual answer to that question of like, you know, how do we click clients back and client retention? And his, uh, his response here was, um, I personally never had client retention problems, so I don't really know how to fix it because it was never, never an issue for me. And that's, 
that kind of sums it up right there with almost just a hint of like, you know, just like a little like, okay, are you serious about this? Because client retention is 100% up to the affiliate owner. It's the way you run your gym. It's about the culture in the gym. And it's also about staying consumer focused. Meaning, are you looking at the people that are in your gym? Are you looking at your members? Are you addressing their needs in there? And are you, are you kind of evolving with their taste of fitness or with their style and their approach? And you have to be able to continue to do that in the community as well as put on things outside of the gym. Like for example, at the gym now, we have the Livermore Half Marathons going on and some of the members were interested in running the half. And uh, one of them offered to say, hey, what if we did a run club here, which we had, Grace had actually ran one of those in the past as well. But she was like, hey, what if we brought run club here like we did in the past and uh, we could have it for people that are training the half? And we're like, great, that's a great idea. So then what happens there? Well, all of our members, now that we're thinking about running the half, we now have a place for them to come and meet a, a training program that they were able to run with and then stay involved with CrossFit. It also got one of our members into another uh, leadership role where she got to get in there and kind of um, kind of manage that run club piece of it a little bit. So being able to see avenues like that and then address it, right? You see these with holiday parties. Um, we did, we've done a tie dye where you come in and you tie dye a shirt and we brought the kids out and stuff like that. You know, you could do meetups for different hikes right now. We also have the nutrition challenge, which is a huge one that gets our community involved uh, with each other. Not to mention the obvious, uh, great changes that come around with that as well. Um, so anyways, that's the client retention thing, which I think is funny. It's again, it's a licensing model. So that's on you and you got to evolve. You got to stay focused on the consumer every step of the way. Like every business though. I like how there's some weird like, oh, we bought an affiliate trip. So now we're in this protected bubble. Please don't, don't keep us safe from the free market. It's like, no, that's not going to happen. You need to constantly look at it, constantly adjust your style and your approach to fit what's going on um, while keeping it core CrossFit, of course. Okay, number four, how do we stop the get fit cheaply approach that is running the industry? Um, and then it goes on here to talk about, you know, what about oversaturation? If a CrossFit gym just opens up up the street and then there's five more and then now people are doing a race to the bottom. And that was kind of her uh, take on it, which that's funny. So that that is one way you could look at it, right? If you have multiple CrossFit gyms, let's say you have, you know, one street and you got 10 gyms on it. It's like, okay, well, how would you allow that as an affiliate? Well, again, it's a licensee. It's not a franchise. Also too, let me ask you this. When have you ever gone to a fast food place and not seen like three or four fast food restaurants in the same parking lot? Yellow. Think about it. So it doesn't matter. Like if you you have if you're at Walmart, you're gonna have a Target open up. You're gonna have a Kmart open up. Well, if there's still Kmart, it's big lots. I don't know what the retail is these days. But you get the point. If you're McDonald's, you're gonna have a Burger King that's gonna open up in the same parking lot. They're gonna say they're gonna share the same parking lot. So what you have to do is you have to excel as a business. You have to show why your offerings are different, and you have to continue your move towards excellence in evolving your products. So then that way you could stay on top of it. That is, that's the answer to how you do that. And then you don't race to the bottom. But again, it's a licensing fee. So if you want to continue to undercut your product and give, give away, you know, weeks, months at a time, all the time and give cheap deals, you know, 10 bucks for the next three months, like that's on you. Like CrossFit isn't telling you to do a race to the bottom. And in fact, if you're being smart about it, as you elevate and grow your business, you should be offering a premium service um, that has multiple different products uh, available as well. So again, Licensing, not a franchise, not CrossFit's problem. Okay, number three, are we really professionals? Now, what she's talking about here is like, okay, uh, you know, there's 
gym owners that work ridiculous hours that don't make any money that can't even take a vacation. This is what she's kind of like citing here. And uh, some of them don't even have to have other full-time jobs outside of the gym and work 40 hours plus a week on the inside and still don't make any money, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that is any business. If you've opened a handful of business books, one of the first things that you'll realize, or small business books, I should say, one of the first things you'll realize is they start saying how to set system and procedure in place so you could start to build the jobs and work your way out of it. Now, as far as like paying yourself and all that, again, if you're at the race to the bottom and blaming CrossFit because other gyms are opening around me, then of course there's no way you're going to be able to pay yourself because you've just undercut and undersold your whole entire gym. Think about it, y'all. So what she's talking about here also with the people that have full-time jobs, when CrossFit first opened up, the barrier to entry to get into the business was very easy. It was very cheap. So a lot of these people that owned affiliates had other full-time jobs. I remember a lot of them were like, you know, like firefighters or um, or cops or different things that had the ability in their profession to spend a couple days at a time at a gym, uh, but also still had full-time careers. Now that day and age has changed. And to compare it to the uh, competitive landscape of CrossFit. It used to be that you could show up at the CrossFit games and you're just the best person in your gym and have a decent chance at doing well. Well, guess what? Now in 2020, you have to work out full time and be 100% of your life dedicated to make it to the CrossFit games. Hey, bingo, buddy. It's the same thing in the CrossFit business world. If you're half-assing it and you're not really, and I don't mean to say half-assing it, I'm getting a little, getting a little hot in the collar, but if you have to have a full-time job and then you're moving into a landscape where other affiliate owners are doing this full-time, there's no way you're going to be able to keep up and compete. And then on top of that, if you add yourself as you're racing to the bottom, cutting deals all the time, then of course you're not going to be able to pay yourself. So no, you're not a professional. What you were was you were somebody who thought you knew how to run a business and like 99.9% of the people failed because running businesses is really hard to do, even if the barrier to entry to get into that business is really low and easy. Okay. Number two, overworked without full-time coaches. Alrighty. So this is basically tied back into the first one. And they're saying like, Hey, and, and she cites in this too, in her article, like AKA broken business model, like multiple times newsflash. There is no business model. You, the owner, once you assign your affiliate, uh, licensing should have already came up with the business model on your own. And if you aren't doing that or currently didn't do that, then you need to evolve, like sitting back and saying, Hey, well, I have a gym CrossFit. Send me, tell me what to do. That's re- ridiculous. But the reason why this entitlement, and yeah, I call this entitlement, the reason why this entitlement exists is because a couple years back when CrossFit was at its peak, at its boom, that's all it took. You slapped the word CrossFit above your door and people showed up in flocks. I mean, that's how that went. Guess what? That honeymoon phase slowly dies off. And when that happens in business, you have to be able to constantly evolve and you have to be able to work with that and you have to be able to better your services. And so, yeah, there's no way you're going to be able to develop uh, full-time coaches and there's no way you're going to be able to pull yourself out of coaching yourself full-time unless you really evolve your education of business, meaning go pick up a small business book and learn. I mean, e-myth revisited right there. There's one by... um, 
Michael Gerber, I think it was. Uh, there's there's lots of them. A Clockwork by Michael McConaughey. That's another great one. You could get Profit First. These are all books I'm naming now because I'm just on a tangent here. But those are a lot of the books that I use that help me build my own system and procedure to allow myself to pull myself out of the role as coaching every single class and put other great coaches in place there. So then that way I have the freedom to not only A, be able to have a little bit of time, but then also be able to work on my business because that's what you have. You have a business. You don't have a franchise that where they're going to do it for you. You got to figure it out yourself. In number one, uh, she was citing at the 10-year affiliate ship, what can we do for you? Oh, I love that. As if CrossFit hasn't already done enough. So she did cite at this uh, at the end of the article, and this I will read verbatim here, then again, and I quote, Then again, maybe not. CrossFit HQ has never promised to help affiliates produce full-time coaches, retain clients, and build profitable businesses. And then in parentheses, she put, as far as I know. Yet, ironically, these are the very things required for owners to keep their affiliate ship for another 10 years. Okay, so... Yes, you're right. Those are the things that are there. But no, that is not the responsibility of CrossFit. And why would that be the responsibility of CrossFit? That, that's just like that opinion of it just seems so entitled to me. And it's not that it's like like her, whatever, I'm just attacking like her opinion because I know a lot, a lot of other people, actually probably the majority of affiliate owners feel the same way she does. So when I say that that's an entitled opinion, I'm, t- I'm talking to the masses of people that would agree with some of these things. Now, all these problems exist already in every other business. So why would you think that CrossFit's going to come up with some golden tactic that's going to allow you just to succeed without having to really, really figure things out for yourself? You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. On top of that, it's 2020 now, like Google it. (laughs) You know, there's so many different things that offer. One of the things that I did that was a great help, um, not only to just really get me motivated and uh, fired up, but also a good just lessons to learn was Ben Bergeron's uh, immersion thing that I got to go back to when he first started it. And those things like that, Chris Cooper with the Two Brain Business and the um, incubator system that he's created there. One of the things that I did is I reached out to Craig Howard over at Diablo CrossFit and said, hey, you know, can we get together? Can I draw off your experience? I read a lot of books. I listen to a lot of books. I'm always trying to figure out how I can evolve and move the business forward. And if you're an affiliate owner and you're listening to this and you need help with any of those things, please reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to lend you any of the information or send you any of the books or go over anything in more detail uh, that I'm currently doing at the gym that might be able to help you or provide some value. Boom. All right. So I hope that wasn't too sassy there, but that's, um, that's basically breaking into, I guess we'll call it common questions of, uh, of affiliate ship or common complaints of an affiliate owner. But remember it's a, uh, it's a licensing, not a franchise. So for those of you guys that are getting into CrossFit or maybe new to CrossFit, shop around and see which gym, what culture, uh, talk to the business owner, talk to them and decide, you know, is this place right for me? Because every gym is different. So I hope you guys got something out of this. I hope this provided some value and and maybe you uh, understand the CrossFit affiliate model a little bit more. And also, now you know how strongly I feel <laughs> about some of the uh, opinions that were expressed at the 10-year affiliate, affiliate summit. And then hopefully, they'll put me on stage 
And I'd be more than happy to answer and talk to all these until the other affiliate owners start to pelt me with tomatoes and different things for being sassy. But uh, all right, I, I digress. I, I joke now. Okay, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, and you could take a minute to rate the podcast or leave me a comment, it would mean so much to me. Um, I appreciate you guys listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.